I could sit in that all day, that sweet spirit of Jesus that is so tangible, so tangible here. Praise God. You guys may make your way back to your seats. I just want to give honor to your pastor, the opportunity to speak here. Give honor to my pastor. He is my First Corinthians 11. One, I imitate him as he imitates Christ. But I want to get into the word. I want to get into the word of God and what he has for us. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7 through 10 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obeyed not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from glory and from his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So if one more time you would rise to your feet and pray with me. Jesus... We love you, Lord, and we ask that you have your way in this place tonight, God, that this is your house and that you have full authority to do what you want, Heavenly Father. I bind every spirit that is contrary to the word of God, and I lose faith in this atmosphere that with you, anything is possible. Let it come to pass according to thy word and according to thy will. In Jesus' name we pray. Why don't you say in Jesus' name? Praise God. One of the first things we learn about God is that he moves and that he speaks. And if you want to get your miracle, you're going to have to be like God. And you're going to have to move and you're going to have to speak. I just thought I'd put that in there. <clears throat> I am not. You guys may be seated. I, apologize. I don't want you guys standing up here as long as I am. <clears throat> I am not a fire and brimstone preacher. But I feel this word so heavy on my heart. And I feel that it needs to be preached. I was in a prayer meeting and God told me one day, he said, you cannot pray this burden away anymore. And that is exactly what I am doing here. Because I tried to pray it away. I tried to fast it away. I tried to get rid of it any way I could. And Jesus said, you cannot pray this burden away anymore. Jesus is coming back. And there is nothing that politics can do about it. There is nothing the government can do about it. If you're ready, he's coming back. If you're not ready, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Scripture makes this fact extremely clear that Jesus is coming back. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Do you not know that this same Jesus who was taken up, from heaven, up to heaven from you will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven? Behold, he cometh, it says in Revelation. Jesus is coming back. His last words to the church were, behold, I come quickly. Jesus is coming back. There are two ways to know 
that Jesus is coming back. Number one, the infallible, perfect word of God says he is coming back. And if that's not enough for you, God shows his grace and mercy by saying, look around, folks. It does not take long to see that this generation is burning around us. Jesus is coming back. You know, there's never anything good in the news anymore. Wars, more wars. Politics, more politics. Murder. School shootings. Jesus, have mercy. LGBTQ+. I was just reading an article the other day that there were five Tampa Bay Rays baseball players who took the pride flag off of their jersey and are being ridiculed, absolutely ridiculed by the news sites and by the public. And that's the world we're living in, folks. The love of many is growing cold. Offense is at an all-time high. You can't, you can't say anything without offending someone these days, folks. You just can't do it. Grotesque things are being promoted. Things that I never thought were imaginable. Started off shameful, then allowed, then accepted, then promoted, and now celebrated. In our world, there is something that has been overlooked by so many. The spiritual realm. The physical world that we live in is an overflow of the spiritual world. The lives that we live are in a direct relationship with Jesus Christ. The connection that you have to this world is a direct correlation with the relationship you have with Jesus. And what I'm saying is if you love the things of this world, you will not love Jesus Christ. You cannot serve two masters. And there is the church and there is the world. And if you attempt to keep the world at an arm's length away while still being in the church, it ain't going to work, folks. It's too far gone. It's too far gone. The world is burning around us. And how, as the church, can we keep... A Holy Ghost fire in a world that's burning around us. There is no story in the Bible that I can think of that does this exact word from God justice than that of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 13 states, Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Folks, I am telling you, when you begin speaking the name of Jesus, they will get in rage and fury. I have seen it with my own eyes. You just say the name of Jesus and they go ballistic. 
Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, upholstery, and symphony, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Right here we have a king. We have a leader of a country who is telling you how you have to worship, how you have to pray, what you have to do. He is overstepping his authority and his bounds. How do they respond? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer and say to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Praise. Clap your hands under the God that delivers. Praise be to God. He said, we have no need to answer you because our God is able. He's able to deliver us. And you know, even if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down to your image. I'm still not going to do it. My God is able to heal me. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. But if he doesn't do it for me, I'm still not bowing down. I'm still not going to do it, folks. <clears throat> then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Once again, folks, when you don't act like they want you to act, they will get full of rage and fury. And then we start to compromise to bring down their rage and fear. And it turns into, well, the word of God is infallible, but maybe it's just a good book. Maybe it's just full of stories, and maybe it was just that time, and maybe it's not for, for today. And then that turns into, well, maybe Jesus, it's not all in him, but maybe he's, he's part of the Godhead. And, and, and maybe it's not that bad if we baptize in titles. And, and, and maybe it's, it's well, I guess, I guess holiness standards really don't matter anymore. I guess it's really not that important. Pastor, is this okay? Is this okay? Man, it's... Y'all are being real quiet. You're, you're scaring a young evangelist, I tell you what. <clears throat> but then it turns into, well, well, Jesus' name, baptism, isn't essential. The Holy Ghost speaking in tongues isn't essential anymore. That's not what the Word says. We are people of the promise, and God has said, upon this rock will I build my church. This is the church of the living God. We are in it. We are in exclusive church. We're not inclusive. I'm not saying don't invite everybody. All are welcome. Anybody who wants to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. But we are exclusive. Yes, folks, I believe that you must be reborn of the water and the spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
I believe that there are standards set in biblical principles that we must follow. I do believe the word of God is infallible and leads us to all truth, whom is Jesus Christ. I do believe that. And they get so mad when you don't let them have their way. When you don't bow down to what they want to, they'll start talking bad about you. Folks, you are going to lose friends for this truth. But that's exactly what it is. It is the truth. Verse 20, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound. I want you to notice that. Fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished as he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fiery furnace? They answered the king and said, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the fourth is like the form of the Son of God. I know your pastor wrote a book. God's in trouble. And he shows up in trouble. He shows up in your trouble. When you walk with the Lord, he will show up in your trouble. Folks, I am telling you, I am telling you, I have seen it countless times that when you read your Bible and you pray, you take a step with God. You do it on Monday. You do it on Tuesday. You do it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm walking with the Lord. It is through a daily relationship that Jesus shows up in your trouble. Give us this day our daily bread. We got to walk with the Lord. These three men fell in bound, but were loosed. Because the same trouble that they try to put you through, God's going to work it all for good. Romans 8.28 says, oh, glory. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And Paul says, we know. This is something that we should know, folks. That it's all going to work together for good. So if they try to bind you and throw you in, God's just going to loose you and say, why don't you walk with me? It did not say that they were running around in the fire. It said they were walking. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the fourth is like the form of the Son of Man, Son of God. But just like our situation... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are surrounded by an unknown land. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. Take this world, take it all, but just give me Jesus. In this world that is not our home, there is idolatry. We are being told how to worship. There is conformity. Folks, conformity is coming. It was not just the time of Babylon. 
It is not just the mark of the beast, but conformity is coming and is here now. Either you do it this way, or you get cast into the fiery furnace, as Nebuchadnezzar said. This may be controversial, but I believe, like I said before, that Jesus showed up. Because he shows up in the fire. He shows up in your fire. He shows up right in the nick of time. We've heard all the, all the names for God, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shashalom, Jehovah Nissi. Well, here's Jehovah nick of time. Because he shows up right in the nick of time. And that's my Jesus who shows up just in the nick of time. Now that y'all are laughing, I can line you up for one. And I've come to preach to somebody in this place right now. You're going through the fire and you don't know why. And I've come to preach to somebody who that fire is getting a little bit hotter than you thought before. But I'm going to tell you that Jesus is right there with you. You might not see it right now. It may take someone from outside to see it. But Jesus is there. If you're walking with him, he's walking with you. So keep the faith. Fight the good fight. Jesus is right there with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, my God said. I've been young. I'm not that old. But the psalmist says, now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. Don't bow down, folks. Keep fighting the good fight. Just like his coming back. The time is going to be perfect. He showed up once in a flaming fire for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the first time he came to loose, now he's coming back to take vengeance. But today, he gives us grace. Today, he gives us mercy. Truth and grace go before me. And mercy follows me. Man, what a teaching lesson that was earlier. I was getting kind of nervous. He started preaching some of the stuff I was going to. So had to switch it up a little bit. <clears throat> but folks, today he gives us grace. And you are loosed. And you can be loosed from whatever you're struggling with. Give us a new song. Oh, God. Give us a new song. Because in the physical, in the physical, there's shame, there's abuse, idolatry, addiction, struggles. But in the spiritual, I see freedom from addiction. I see freedom from pornography. I see freedom from drugs. I see binding and loosing in the name of Jesus right here. And it's all at this altar, folks. How do we keep a Holy Ghost fire with a world burning around us? With a hotter and a brighter fire. They have what we want. I said that wrong. We have what they want. We have what they want, folks. Come on. Come on. 
There is a Jesus-shaped void in their hearts. And I've come here to tell someone, the drugs can't fix it. The clubs can't fix it. The ball game can't fix it. The trying deeper in their kids' sports can't fix it. But my God is able to deliver me. And it's at the altar. If any of you guys do the bread reading program, you guys have hopefully passed Leviticus. Hopefully you haven't stopped at that brick wall called Leviticus and come to the recognition that, wow, this book is kind of hard to understand. I was there for two years, folks. Don't you worry about that. I would skip right over Leviticus. But Leviticus chapter 1 talks about the burnt offering. And what it looks like. We have to be that burnt offering. We have to get our flesh up on this altar. There was a time in my life, it was an ugly time. It was ugly. I was struggling so bad. I was fighting addiction. I was fighting pride. And at the same time, I was being told I was worthless in my own mind. My mind was being absolutely tormented nonstop. Nonstop. And I didn't know what to do about it. I heard what my mentors and men of God were saying in my life, that you have a calling of God on your life. That you have something that this world needs and his name is Jesus. It wasn't me, folks. It wasn't me. The only decision that I made was to come up to an altar. I said, I'm so sick of living this way. I got to get my stinking rotten flesh up to an altar. And that's exactly what I did. You see, Paul says in Romans 12 that we are a living sacrifice. And being a living sacrifice means that we get to choose when we get off that altar. But folks, you be that sacrifice. Because it's only our reasonable service for a king that gave all. For a king that gave all. And why wouldn't we? He's coming back. He's coming back, guys. He's coming back. Guys, this world is trying to look like the church. And in doing so, the church has began to look like the world or attempt to look like the world. The enemy that we are dealing with today is attempting to merge the church and blur the lines in our mind. Instead of saying, what must I do to be saved? It's, what can I do and still be saved? We have become so numb to the coming of Christ that this used to drive us to an altar. Now we can barely stand to hear it. We would hit our knees in prayer because he's coming. Now we can't stand to hear it or listen to it. But I've come here to tread on that Pharisee spirit that says, where is the Lord? When is he coming back? Do we really have to act like that? Do we really have to do that? Folks, when the Pharisees were there, Jesus was there. And they had no clue who this man was. 
but we do. And sometimes to really get to know Jesus, you have to give up dignity to touch deity. That you have to give up your image for his image. Because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the prettiest speaker. I'm not, I, I, I don't have the greatest homiletics. I, I, I stutter, obviously. I struggle with some things. But I do have a word for this church. And that word is Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. This society has been so exposed to the watered-down doctrine, so exposed that they will do anything in their power to separate the God of love from the God that is holiness. He's the same person. And his name is Jesus. I have heard it said so many times before, my, my Jesus wouldn't do that. Not my Jesus. My Jesus loves. Oh, my Jesus loves. My Jesus loves. I don't know what Jesus you're talking about. Because my God is a God of the Bible. That yes, he loves, but he's also holy. And I do not, I do not want any of this to come, come down condemning. I am not condemning anyone here. I'm just letting you know, folks, that Jesus is coming back. And there's going to be a time when there is no more choice and there is no more grace. But today, today we have grace. And today we have mercy. <clears throat> Why don't you lift your hands and just pray for a couple seconds. Jesus, we know you're coming back, God, but let us be ready. We want to be ready, God, for when you burst out of heaven in that glorious day, that glorious and great day of the Lord. God, we want to be ready for it. Jesus, Lord, have mercy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The watered-down version of the gospel has been corrupting minds since the very beginning. But Jesus lays it out so clear, so clear. In the text it says, in verse 8, In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus. How do we know God? Back to basics. Prayer. Fasting. Reading the word. God knows them that love him. The Bible says. You love God, God knows you. But the gospel is explained in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which you are also saved, 
if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, concerning the scriptures, according to the scriptures. This gospel saves. It's not just something that saves. It is the only thing that saves. Jesus Christ is the only one who saves. And he's the only one that can save you from his returning. So how do we fulfill this gospel? How do we obey this gospel? One might ask. Death, burial, resurrection. Death, you must crucify your flesh up here at an altar. Repentance is a key factor to the other two. Acts 2.38 says, then Peter said unto them, repent. He said, repent first. Repentance is a key factor. Then we must be buried like he was buried. And that's through baptism. Paul makes that extremely clear in the book of Romans when he says we are buried into baptism with him. But how can we resurrect? Through the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There is one coming after me, John said, who will baptize you with his spirit and with fire. And folks, that fire out there versus this fire in here. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? You know, man's fire goes up, but God's fire comes down. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Our heat rises. The Holy Ghost came down. But when that Holy Ghost comes down and mixes with our spirit, we get to go up. Folks, I tell you what, I'm going up. I'm going up, all right? And there's a reason I act different. There's a reason I talk different. Because I'm going up. This world is not my home. I'm going up. The only way to combat the fire out there is with a greater fire in here. And what fire is greater than the Holy Ghost fire? The fire of Jesus Christ. It says, behold, God is a consuming Fire. And this fire is for you today. And if you haven't received this fire before, that's okay. We're going to receive it today. If you have received this fire today, you better encourage someone. You better encourage one another in this. Because the Bible says, yes, he's coming back. It says, behold, the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God will blow. And then the dead in Christ, they're going to rise up first. And then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, encourage one another with these words. 
We don't need to encourage one another with what's going on in the news. But encourage one another with the word. With prayers. I was thinking about you. I was praying for you. God put this word on my heart for you. Yes, he's coming back. And we got to be ready. Because he's not coming back for an unclean bride. And folks, today is the day. Awake, arise, for the day of our salvation is closer than when we first believed. So I want everyone now to rise to your feet. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. I want you to make your way to this altar. I want you to come here. And for some of you, for some of you folks, I tell you what, the coming of Christ is convicting. And it is tormenting your mind. I, I, I feel two clashes going on right now. One of them is a rejoicing that the Lord is coming back. That great and marvelous day that Jesus is coming back. But the other, I feel resistance, is the conviction part. Where some of you say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for you to come back, Jesus. God, I want my family to be saved before you come back. And as true as that may be, folks, I want you to know that he's coming back anyways. You might as well be ready too. Yes, I was the only one in church for years in my family. But you listen to me right now, folks. You keep preaching like Isaiah did. He said, you preach until cities lay waste. You keep preaching even though it's going to fall on deaf ears. You keep preaching even though they might not understand. So today is the day that everything's going to shift for you. That in your mind, you're going to recognize that Jesus Christ is coming back. And that this is something to rejoice after. So in Jesus' name, how about we clap our hands to the coming of the Lord? Because he's coming anyway. How about we hit our knees in prayer? Because he's going to make us do it anyways. How about we call on that name of Jesus? Because we're going to have to do it anyway. Jesus, I want you to fill these altars with rejoicing in Jesus' name.